Hello and welcome to uh, Kingdom Life Radio. This is Kenny Hebert and today uh, I'm going to be starting something new here. I have uh, uh, Joe Green here with me who's pastor from Second Baptist Church in South Hadley, Mass. And uh, we he started a sermon series earlier in, in uh, actually on Pentecost Sunday, earlier in the summer. And we're uh, decided to do some discussions about the Holy Spirit and uh, his activity in our life and what he's doing not only in us but through us. And, and so we want to talk about some of the things in the sermons and have some discussions and wanted to share those with you. And so Joe's with me. Joe? Yeah, glad to be with you again, Kenny. Yeah, and did you want to give any, uh, like, the, the address for the, the website? Sure, yeah. Our um, church website address is www.sbcsouthhadley.com. And uh, so the sermons are on are available on that. We'll be talking about those now. So you don't necessarily have to listen to them. It'll be a little bit of a repeat. But, you know, there'll be some fresh material in there as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're a little frank in that sermon. <laughs> but um, but uh, we're going to be starting today. The first one's going to be called The Promise of Pentecost. And... Um, where we where we started this sermon series, where Joe started with was on Pentecost Sunday and the promise that God made in pouring out His Spirit. So, Joe, what do you uh, leave from here? Yeah. So, um, first of all, I think the you know Pentecost. Some people hear that term, and I think it's good to define it. And Pentecost Sunday is usually observed 50 days after Easter uh, in the Christian calendar, and it commemorates the day God poured out His Holy Spirit on believers. Um, and originally. Uh, the original day of Pentecost, there would have been Jerusalem would have been teeming with people because there was already a Jewish uh, festival, uh, and it was called the Feast of Weeks or the the Feast of First Fruits. People are already gathered uh, together, and that's when uh, the Holy Spirit fell upon the praying disciples, and again the crowd quickly gathers. And the scripture for that that tells us about that is Acts chapter two, pretty much the whole chapter that tells us about uh, Pentecost, and it's. Uh, it's a real turn in salvation history, a fulfillment of much prophecy, both of Jesus and of uh, and earlier prophets. Mm. So would you uh, read a specific scripture from that? Uh, well, I think let, let's sort of, um, uh, it's a long scripture. And so what I think I'll do is I'll maybe summarize, go through a little bit of that whole, the, this whole section so we can get our, our, our minds on this. So in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, it kind of describes what happened the day of Pentecost, the event when the Holy Spirit came down. Verses 5 through 13 describes the crowd gathering and their reaction. Verses 14 and following describe the Apostle Peter gets up and explains to them, hey, this is what's going on. And there's two parts to that explanation, that sermon. One is the Holy Spirit, this, the, this phenomenon that you're seeing, this is a fulfillment of the prophet Joel. But then the second part is where he goes and describes, and this Jesus whom you crucified, he is the Lord. So the day of the Lord is the day of Jesus. Believe in the Lord, believe in Jesus. And then they repent. some of them say, what should we do? And then he tells them, repent, be baptized, and you can have the same prophet, promise too. So that's sort of the, 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 over, the skeleton of the, of the, of the chapter. And then I think maybe we could go in deeper into yeah. different parts of it. Well, which one I hit first? All right. Well, I guess let's just first, maybe if you want to read just verses one through four and just talk about, uh, read that this is the experience, right? This yeah. is the phenomenon that happened, uh, you know, on Pentecost. It reads, uh, starting verse one, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And they, meaning the disciples, the followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. 
And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Right, so that's the that's the event, right? The, yeah. And in fact, it's the fulfillment of a couple things because Jesus earlier in Acts one eight said, uh, you know, go wait for me in Jerusalem, and you will receive power from on high, and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So they go, they're praying and waiting for this to happen, and then on the day of Pentecost, it happens. The Spirit comes down that and. Uh, and fills them, and the phenomenon that they see is the mighty, the, the mighty sound of wind, and then the individual tongues of fire above each person, uh, which is significant because the um, those things are all associated with the presence of God in the yeah. Bible. In the Old Testament, the flame—you can think of the burning bush—but also the, the the wind and storm. What's called the theophany, the presence of God. Uh, those these accompany God's presence, and the Holy Spirit is God. Yes. And so God is coming, and then there's a flame of fire over each one. So each person has the flame, meaning that the Holy Spirit is indwelling each individual believer, and that's significant for what's going on in Pentecost. Mm-hmm. I just think of that being there. Can you imagine being there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be, um, be an interesting event. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and it was interesting, and it was so surprising, not only, well, surprising, I guess, to the crowd. To them, it was a fulfillment of what Jesus was saying. But then, because they hear that there's already a crowd because of the festival, and because of this loud noise and because, oh, and then the, the third phenomenon that's happening, right, is then they're speaking in other languages. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just the, the wind and the fire, but there's this speaking in other languages, which, um, again, is miraculous in that these are just hicks from Galilee. They should really only know maybe Aramaic and maybe some Greek just to get around, but they're speaking in all these types of languages. Yeah. Because when the crowd gathers, one of the things that surprises them, and we won't read that section, but it's in verse 5 through 13, um, they can't believe it. They're surprised by the noise and the, and the flames, but then they don't understand how can all of these hicks from Galilee be speaking, praising God in their uh, native languages. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they're from all over the place. They're from Egypt, and, and they have different um, you know, languages that they would speak because they're from all over the world, but they've gathered for this festival. It's uh, it, I just thinking... How would we have responded? Even like you say, like they're they're thinking it's a fulfillment, but I'm I'm thinking like when it's first happening, then they like, what's happening to us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> even them, they're like, why are we doing this? Why is mm-hmm. you know what's happening? Um, and I don't even know. I, I read it and I think of like this Peter as he's going to respond. Like this this is Joel. What Joel said. Yes. Did it? Did he recognize it in the very beginning, or as the crowd's coming and he's thinking through mm-hmm. it and it's all happening? You know how we process things, and we go yeah. like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost to me like it, 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 it like comes upon him in the moment. Right? Maybe the Holy Spirit you know, is part of that that that's revealing it. But it's like think of us in those moments, like we're in a prayer meeting and somebody shares something, a song happens, and yes. we go, oh, we put two and two together. Right. Oh, 
Oh, right. Yes, and this is this is what God's doing. Yes, and so, and so yeah, and and I wonder too if it's if he's thinking, uh, well, he's Jesus, like this is it, this is what he was talking about, or if it was more of just like, oh, oh, I'm on, I'm, <laughs> they're asking me to answer this question, and and then he's just inspired, or or if it's more like, oh, he said we'd be witnesses, we'd have power, here yes. it is, like it's go time, or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, because they were like us, yeah, yeah, you know, just yep. everyday people, and all of a sudden. It's happening. They weren't the prophets. They weren't the priests or the kings. They were just regular people that God starts to use in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. And then the reaction of the crowd is mixed. I mean, they're surprised, but then there's some who mock and say, oh, you're just, you must just be drunk or something because you're acting so strange or whatever. Um, And that's, uh, but the, the, when the crowd sort of wonders what's going on, that is when Peter seizes the moment, whether he sees it all coming together at once or he just says, oh, I'm on. Yeah. Uh, But then it says in verse 14 that he stands with the 11 and he, and he Mm. starts to preach. Yes. Um, and yeah, and if, if you would, so what, what Peter does is he basically says, what you see happening is a fulfillment of the promises that we've been waiting for. So remember, this was a Jewish festival. So the people who gathered there were observant Jews or they were proselytes. In other words, they were not Jews originally, but they had become Jews and now they were, they were celebrating these festivals. So they were familiar with the Old, what we call the Old Testament scriptures. And Peter's saying, yeah, what, these people aren't drunk or whatever, whatever you're thinking, because it's only the third hour of the day. Maybe if it was the sixth hour, the ninth hour, it would be reasonable, <laughs> but too early to be drunk. And that's what he says in verse 15. But then he says, no, this is what happens. Uh, this is a fulfillment of what the prophet Joel uttered. And then if you would read just verse 17 through 18, Peter quotes the prophet Joel. Yes. Yes. It says, uh, in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Right. So here, Peter, and and he continues to quote a little bit more of, of the book of Joel, but here he is saying the last, basically the last days are here because yes. what you see happening, us all speaking in languages that we don't know and prophesying, and we're just hicks from Galilee. This is a fulfillment of the prophet Joel, where Joel says in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit. And that's what's happened. He's poured out his spirit. And, and this is where we go back to the tongues of fire resting above each person. So each person receives the Holy Spirit. That's why each person is able to do these things because each is empowered by the Spirit. And that's what the prophecy is, right? It's not just, oh, your prophets will prophesy and your kings and mighty men will will be filled with the Spirit. But the prophecy says, no, your sons and daughters, so men and women, uh, young men, old men will see visions, Mm -hmm. male servants, female servants. So it's not just the rich and powerful. It's like, Everyone is receiving this Holy Spirit who the who uh, tr- who trusts in God, and He's pouring out this Spirit as a fulfillment. So, a couple things. One is, yep, that also means that the last days have begun. See, we often don't think when we talk about last days, we often or, or people often will will think, well, that's like the day of judgment, like the last day. But biblically speaking, and especially here in the Book of Acts. The last days began after you know Christ rose from the dead and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. That began the last days. Yeah. So it's I mean there's many days. There's like two thousand years. But nonetheless, <laughs> we are in the last 
days. And Peter, that's Peter's point. The Holy Spirit shows we're in the last days. And so everyone is uh, receiving uh, God's presence. And uh, Joe, as you as you mentioned, as as, as Peter says, it's, he references Joel. It's like these are this is the last days, and with that, it's like you know we hear it as one way as Christians now, or or even those that are not Christians, but hear hear Christians talk. But what did the Jewish people expect in that moment when he they hear Joel's Joel's prophecy is happening? They hear last days. Now, what was their expectation of a Messiah? coming and what would be what would be a part of that and what we see is they they had an expectation that it was going to be a, a a catastrophic event of judgment and god's blessing all at once mm-hmm. where right. there'd be the resurrection of the dead that would happen and jesus was the start of that there would be the pouring out of his spirit there would be the the healing and wholeness of all people and we see that in jesus life as he's Right. bringing the kingdom but they also expected in that moment there would be judgment and vanquishing of all evil and all wickedness for good once and for all and god's kingdom would reign forever right so, so right. that's their expectation so they're hearing this they're hearing it with that that uh, that understanding with their, their perspective and this yes. is we'll tie some back some of this back in we're talking about the already not yet later but some of that is that helps us understand right. uh, what's happening and as, as, as it stirs a, there's a shift of perspective of the last days yes right right so let, let, let's let's go back to you you were talking about the promise part too yes so this is a so Peter is saying that this is a fulfillment of promises made by the prophet Joel, that what you see happening, Pentecost, is that fulfillment, that this pouring out of the Spirit. And they would have tracked with him, as you said, and and they would like, okay, yeah, this is the last days because we see that fulfillment. And then he's going to unpack that even more. But this is a promise that the prophets made of that the Spirit would come and, as Joel says, be poured out into all different types of of, of people, not just kings and and those. Because... the Holy Spirit has always existed. The Holy Spirit's God. He's eternal. Yes. Um, so it's not that this is the new thing. The, prom- the What's new is that this promise is being fulfilled. And what specifically is that the Spirit would dwell in all of God's people uh, and indwell them in a way that seals them for the full and final last day so that they are um, yeah, indwelled by the Spirit and and again, sealed for that final day of judgment, that was new. Um, and Jesus, uh, Peter saying, and Jesus fulfills this by pouring out the Spirit. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, and that's what he gets into the next section, he's the one who made this pouring out of the Spirit possible. Yeah. So we can't really, uh, Peter connects the pouring out of the Spirit directly with Jesus' death and resurrection. So we, we kind of need to do that too, yeah. because uh, that's kind of Peter's whole point is you you, uh, you missed the boat. You missed the boat on Jesus. That's why you're missing the boat on the pouring out of the Spirit. But as we'll see, he also says, but it's not too late because yeah. it's not the full and final last day. Yeah. This, I think this is a, 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 a good point here to make for... We, see, we, we've, we've both been in part of different churches, different times of people's expectation of like, okay, can you pray for me? Like, you know, like you have more, more, you know, prayer power or whatever they want to call it, or the, you're close or you have the Holy Spirit. And, and there's this missing it. Some people's Christians don't understand that the, that the Holy Spirit has been given to every one of us as a follower of Christ, right. seals us, fills us, empowers us. Yes. And this is for them 
hearing this. It was it was limited. You could have to be a king, a priest, or a prophet. Yes. No one had had any connection to God like them. These right. three three different offices, but now it was for everybody. And right. and I think sometimes within the church, people think, well, they, well, the pastors, the elders, the deacons. You know, right. oh, you, you know, you've been a Christian for so long. You know, mm-hmm. there's not realizing as it, it, just coming to Christ initially. Yes. The Holy Spirit's for every one of us. Um, and that's something I, I think sometimes missed even today because there's yes. not a lot of focus on the, uh, on the Holy Spirit being being a part of our life, an active, dynamic relationship we have with Him. I think that's another thing is the, uh, the, the what's new here is happening is that not everybody had this relationship with God. They could mm-hmm. talk to Him and right. He would talk to them and right. they could hear Him and they know His voice. And Jesus makes this promise, my sheep know my voice. Yes. And they hear Him and they don't listen to a stranger. Mm-hmm. Here's part of the promise as, as a follower of Christ that, that we have this this two-way commun- communication back that we can hear God. He can speak mm-hmm. to us. And I've right, and we'll talk about it sometime in the future, like the different ways. Yes. But we can know his will, his his what he's called to calling us to, and hearing his voice, and actually know that when we're talking, he's hearing, and we're just there's immediate, uh, direct like test, testimony in our heart that we're we're in communication with him that happens that we didn't have before we were Christians, right? You know, right? And, and that's too where he says your your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. What is prophesy? That is where God speaks to you, and then you share what he says. Yes, and then they'll see visions, and so it's this idea that it's. Like you said, you know, is your, the opening up of a relationship between God and his people without the need of inti- intermediaries like priests or whatever, where you would go to the temple, be, you know, because you need someone to help you connect with God. But here the Holy God indwells us. But the important another important part is how, how is he able to do that? What changed? How how is he able to now do that yeah. again? What's what changed in all this? And it's Jesus. Like yes. He cleansed us. He gave he he died and rose from the dead, cleansed us from the inside out. So now God can indwell us because, you know, we're sinful. And normally you have to go to the temple to do something about that sin. Well, Jesus did something about that sin. So now God can dwell, be so close to us to indwell us, which, again, is what Peter goes on to talk about and focus on Jesus' death and resurrection. Because to him, you can't have the day of Pentecost without Easter. You know, Pentecost Sunday is dependent on Easter Sunday and Good Friday because Jesus made it possible for him to pour out the Mm. Spirit and fulfill all these promises. Yeah. Amen. I know we didn't didn't hit on the sermon, but as we were talking about it, uh, the Spirit being in, in us, and I'm thinking them, you made a point earlier about the Spirit, on each individually, on on those disciples. And But there's also something to this, I think we miss in, in our American Christianity, is a sense of community. Yes. He's dwelling each of us, but he's dwelling us. Yes. Being together, there's yep. this dynamic thing happening. When we gather together as, as his people, that he's there in us together. There's something there that... We can't explain it, but we know it. We experience it, and it's a reality. Just like knowing He's in us, that that's something here. I, I think as, as they're together, they're standing together. You're unified yep. in the Spirit, like Jesus has done this to us, and He's doing this in us right now. 
Right. And they were praying together beforehand because they were in anticipation that, well, we know God's going to fulfill his promise. He said to wait. So we're not just waiting and, you know, watching Netflix, uh, (laughs) you know, binging on Netflix while we pass the time. They were praying and saying, God, you we we know you're going to fulfill your promises and we want to take part of it. And they were doing that as a community. I think and your, your point is, is, is really good because we're almost a victim of our own, this truth becoming so permeated into our churches. In other words, yes. the, the fact that the Spirit indwells each person, that's a wonderful truth. That is one of the new things that's going on in Pentecost. And we celebrate that, that, wow, God, I can have a personal relationship and all this with, with God and speak to him myself. I don't need this interme- intermediary. Uh, but then because that's become such a part and that's good, we, we especially in the American context, have gone almost too far in the other direction where we think it's just, you know, just me and God in my Bible, where it's, it's no, it's in the context of community. I mean, yes, you yes. can talk to God whenever. Yes, he will, you know, but he's always meant to put you within a community so that all of the workings of the spirit is not just in you, but it's, it's, you see it in other people. You see the spirit working in so many different people at once. And it just verifies uh, mm-hmm. that God is among us. Yes. Right. It's, and, and in the, in the Greek, usually the, that word for you is usually plural in, in our, in the Greek and the English, we just have one word. So yeah. we don't see that yeah. often. You can't put use. I mean, you could, or, or you all, right. We'll have the Southern translation. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> we should make it a new translation. Yeah. Yeah. Enough of those. Yeah, <laughs> even though they were together, and then the people eventually respond to Peter's call, they join together as a people. Then, and then you look at the last part of chapter two; yes. it talks about them together, that's devoted right. together. There's that, that that that's something that needs to kind of be recaptured. In, in absolutely, and that's and I didn't sort of summarize that, but at the end of chapter two, because when I went through those, some of the verses forty two, forty seven, you it talks about all right now when when many of the people came to believe in Jesus and all this, they were baptized, and then it, it gives a little synopsis of what the community was like, and it is they they were constantly together, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, and and uh, sharing their possessions and sharing their meals together from house to house. This this idea of the spirit indwelling each person, it didn't cause them to be like, okay, I'm good. I've got this spirit so I can go do my mm-hmm. own thing. And rather it caused them to unify mm-hmm. um, and, and, and draw closer together, which also says a lot to us in that, all right, if we're spirit indwelled people, then we should, uh, the spirit is also the spirit of unity. And when yes. we're truly full of the spirit, it should draw us closer together with other Christians and not cause us to think, all right, I've, I've got the power all myself, so I'll go by yeah. myself. No, the spirit, um, the spirit recognizes the spirit. Yes, you know? that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I think of them. Like you mentioned how they were uh, living together in community, um, caring for each other, mm. serving one another, receiving food, food with glad and generous heart to talk about. It. There was this. It, I wonder how part of that understanding of the last days. Mm. Was a part of that too. Like, look at we're 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 a part of God's people, His eternal people. We, better, we it's almost like we need to live like we're going to live. Yes, yes. And like, how does that impact how we think today? If we really like, one of the questions that we talk about discussion is like, what what does it mean for us today? Yes. Like, if we, if we really believe we're a part of this people, that's a part of the eternal community, right? Uh, that's going to be forever. Shouldn't we consider how we live our life now? Should we live? 
like that within this sense of an eternal community and with people, yes. just like we're going to be forever. Yes, absolutely. And and plus there's that sense of urgency, which I think yes. is lost on the modern church. And I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it as well, of that, wait, oh, it's the last days. So that means, you know, any day, that full and final day where, where God is going to wrap everything up. Um, and again, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but uh, that uh, because of that, things take on a whole new perspective, right? Like, oh, I've got possessions, but, you know, that person doesn't. So, you know, I'm going to share. Uh, it it re- redoes our priorities. And that's that urgency. Also, we see it in the, the people who respond when when Peter says, yes. oh, you know, you've crucified Jesus. And, and they like, what shall we do? There's this urgency. Wait, if this is the last days, then... I, I need to get right with God because I, I might have missed the boat, as I said. And that's when Peter, again, says, All right, it's the last days, but you still have time. The last days are the days of the spirit and salvation is what I like to call it, meaning that um, the spirit has been poured out. It's the last days, and it's but it's also the age of salvation, where yes. salvation message, the gospel of Jesus, is going throughout the world. And so... That's what God's doing. It's the last days, not the final day, because God wants to bring people of every tongue, tribe, and nation into his kingdom and give them the spirit. That's why in verse 39, and we'll probably have to deal with this more at another time, but he says, when Peter ends his sermon, he says, this promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So that's going out, like it's gone out and it continues to go out. Yes. You know, actually, you were coming close to the end of the time. But let's 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 focus on that part there. That you know, that call for responses is you know, Peter's. You know, we already hit up uh, Peter's uh, mentioned. It, this is the promise fulfilled, and then he goes. Uh, he starts to give a message from verse twenty-two through, uh, you know, all the way through the end. We're 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 going to hit hit is yeah. he starts to give this message about you know you um you crucified him you know killed him but but got, that was part of God's plan yes and then you know. Uh, and he quotes from um, the psalm there with David, you know, uh, uh, says, I saw the Lord always before me. And so he didn't leave him to, to, to corruption. Right. Um, and, but uh, in verse 29, he says, Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried in his tomb was with us today. But being therefore a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and, and all of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the, Holy, the, from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. And so, uh, this and you were talking about, they're saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute! You're, like you were saying earlier, like the last days. How 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 would those people hearing Peter preach would have responded? Yeah, yeah, no, and they were they were scared because they whether they participated in Jesus' crucifixion or not, they at least uh, didn't care. At the very least, they didn't care about it. like all right, this guy just died. But Jesus, but Peter saying, no, we witnessed it, and so we're telling you, and that he rose from the dead, and because. Uh, he rose from the dead. He went to God's right hand and he is the one who poured out the spirit. Like he is the one who fulfills the promise that God would set a David's descendant on the throne. And so this Jesus, he's the one we've been waiting for. And so, you know, 
bad news, you know, you, you missed it. Uh, so um, the, the day of the Lord is really the day of Jesus. So when Jesus rose from the dead and, you know, Easter Sunday, that was the, that was a day of the Lord. Like the last days began. So the day of the Lord is the day. Of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of Jesus. He's the one who poured out the spirit. So uh, get right with God, basically. Right. Because they, <laughs> they, they, they cry out. Right. They say, brothers, what shall we do? They're like, ah, we missed it. Like what, you know, and so they asked Peter, what shall we do? They know, they understand that it's the last days they've missed the boat. And, and that's when Peter says, repent and be baptized. Each of you in the name of the Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of the sins, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that's where we diverse for this promise is for you and to all who are fall far off. So it's even come to us today. So, yes. So that's why I say that these last days are the, the age of the spirit and salvation, that salvation is going up. This promise, it's not just for them back then. It's, right. it's for us. And we, like that crowd, can say, uh, yeah, I've missed the boat. Like, I've missed the boat on Jesus. But I want, I, I, I trust in him. I want his forgiveness of sins. I want the, to experience God's presence through the Holy Spirit. Well, Peter's saying to us today, this promise is for you. Yes. Like, it, because, yeah, we're far off. But. Uh, it's still for us uh, as well. Yeah. He, he spoke that 2,000 years ago. That far yeah. off is 2,000 years still. Still the message is still going out. And it says, this, so they received the word and yes. they were baptized yes. and they were added to that to, to the number. Yes. And so that, that number started then. And it, as we will see through all the Acts, there's this constantly pushing the kingdom outwards from Jerusalem. That's It's adding to the, adding yes. to the number that, yes. that, to the far off. Right, because uh, it was to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, right. which is reached to us at this point. Right. And so, uh, and, it, and it can reach to you, you that are listening to us here as we come to a close this, this uh, episode. Is that message is still for you? If you're hearing this and you've never responded to Jesus and you're wanting to respond, it's as simple as saying, "Yes, I want to believe in you, Jesus." Like yes. Acknowledging that you are far off, that you have have sinned, and that you need salvation in Christ. And, and, and believing and trusting in, in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And, uh, and you can do that today. And we encourage you to do that. As we come to a close, we want to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, and um, you can listen to this again if you want, either at sbcsouthadley.com or uh, letyourkingdomcome.com. Either one of those will have this. Or you can also listen to the, the original sermon if you'd like to listen to that also. But until next week, you have a great week. God bless. God bless.